Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... I actually met my wife on CatholicSingles.com, if you can believe that. Really? And about Yes, I had never done that before. Didn't have any problems with dating. Natalie and Aaron met on CatholicSingles.com after they realized that they needed to find someone who shared their faith. Meet other faithful Catholics on the original Catholic dating site. Download our app today for free. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app/breadbox. Welcome to Quote Me, a weekly podcast that seeks to encourage, inspire, and lift you up to be all you were created to be. Words are powerful. Recognizing and celebrating the impact they have on our lives can comfort or challenge us, or both at once. I'm your host, Lindsay Schlegel, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, I hope we can honor the truth, beauty, and goodness of well-chosen language, and so glorify God. Let's begin. My guest today is Elizabeth Tomlin, an Army wife and mother of three. She is the author of Joyful Momentum, Growing and Sustaining Vibrant Women's Groups, a Catholic Handbook. An attorney by profession, Elizabeth is general counsel for the Archdiocese for the Military Services, USA. She helped to establish the Military Council of Catholic Women, which is the women's ministry of the Military Archdiocese, in 2010 and continues to serve on the board of directors. Elizabeth speaks often at Catholic conferences and parish retreats across the globe. She is a regular contributor to Salute, uh, the magazine, I hope I'm saying that right, the magazine of the Archdiocese for the Military Services, CatholicMom.com, and Wine, Women in the New Evangelization. She moderates a face group, Facebook group called Joyful Momentum, which will be linked in the show notes, uh, which is a com- community of Catholic women involved in women's ministry. Elizabeth earned her Bachelor of Science degree in Chemistry in 2002 from the College of William and Mary and her Juris Doctor from the George Mason University Antonin Scalia Law School in 2010. She lives with her husband Gregory and their children at Joint Base Lewis-McChord, Washington. Elizabeth, thanks for hanging out with me today. Thanks, Lindsay. I'm glad to be with you. I'm excited to chat with another Ave author and um, a book about women's groups, which is super important. Um, something that I have been trying to sustain throughout this quarantine. Um, so I'm looking forward to chatting about that. But first, I want to start with your quote from St. Teresa of Calcutta. Sure. If our so, work were just to wash feet and give medicine to the sick, our centers would have closed a long time ago. The most important thing in our centers is the opportunity we're offering to reach souls. So what can you tell us about that? That's it has got a lot to dig into. So I love that quote because 
so often we live in a world of busy. Um, I know as, as a mom and as a lawyer and as a wife, I'm constantly running from karate to piano to violin to cheerleading to track. Like you name, you name the sports practice I'm running, I'm running to and from it. Um, and we, we just get really busy as women, as people. And, and I love that this quote from St. Teresa of Calcutta brings it back to why, why are you doing all of this stuff? And I think that this, this COVID pandemic has forced us to slow down and has forced us to pare back so much of the stuff that we're doing to really the the fundamentals of what we need to do. And so in in my life, I've looked at this quote as if our work were just to wash feet and give medicine, our centers would have closed long ago. Um, I look at this quote as inapplicable as applicable to my life to say, you know what what am I doing? And is what I'm is what I'm doing gonna matter? What is the important thing? And the next sentence of the quote is the important thing in our centers is the opportunity we are offering to reach souls. So for me, I've kind of looked at this COVID pandemic and being home with my family and trying to keep up with people digitally as an as an opportunity to say, okay, what what is it that I'm called to do in my life? And am I doing it? What am I filling my hours with? Because right now I don't have to leave my house. So I can sit in my house and I can scroll my phone or I can be hands-on with my children. I can, you know, prepare my house for my family. I can keep doing a good job at work. This is an opportunity really for us to slow down and take a look at what's important. So that's why I picked, I picked that quote um, for this chat today. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right on. It's definitely a time for recalibrating. I'm in a similar similar situation where we are all at home too. My husband can work from home. He's not in a job where he needs to go somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And he was going into Manhattan, so let's not do that for a little while. Right. Um, but it is. I, I a few weeks ago, I don't know which priest it was. I saw some priest on social media saying, you know, people are saying getting back to normal, getting back to normal. Maybe we're not supposed to get back to normal. And even this idea right. of a new normal, he said, what if we're supposed to be resetting and recharging right now? Absolutely. I think those are very sage words. I, I actually sent a, a note to my priest a couple of weeks ago. We're transitioning in our women's ministry group. We're trans, we're transitioning leadership because in, in a mili- on a military installation, about 30% of your population moves every summer. It's just the nomadic way of our life. And we typically select a new leadership team in the spring. And so they have over the summer to plan. And I, I sent my priest a note and I said, um, you know, dear Father Joe, I think our world is telling us very clearly to slow down. And so why don't, why don't we do that? Why don't we take some time to consider our team um, take some time to consider what we do and and just slow down and and not be in such a hurry to get back to to normal. Um, and and I, I, I think it's I think it's just important important that we do that. Yeah, and I, I'm thinking that you know there there are times in in these last weeks that I've thought, well, okay, how you know what am I going to do when this is when this is over and and even though it's going to be a, a gradual transition back to whatever, becomes normal, you know, when it, when it is taking kids to school again, when my husband is getting on the train in the morning, Mm -hmm. um, I am, I am 
personally fairly confident that at some point that will happen and it will happen in stages, but at some point, I think it is going to happen. So what am I going to do differently? And there are, it's easy now to be like, well, I won't do that anymore. I'll do this instead. And you know, like the pipe dreams you have the week before Lent. Um, (laughs) um, But some of those things I'm going to have to do again. I am going to have to drive this, like God willing, I'm going to have to drive the kids to school again. And our karate class is not going to be a Zoom lesson in our basement. There is going to be commuting to consider. These, some of these things, some of this busyness, unless... We make more drastic changes unless we stop doing karate, for example, or I stop. We stop going to the school that we're at. Neither of which mm-hmm. I need to do. Um, some of those things are going to come back. So how do we deal with them? And I kind of think of something that a priest told me a while back in confession about, um, kind of, and uh, giving advice about something. I was like, you know, there's this this thing. I'm thinking about, and I'm not, I think in certain situations it could be sinful, but in certain situations it's not. And it was, it was like the difference between venting about something that's bugging mm-hmm. me in a very controlled environment to only my husband or gossiping. Where is the line? Mm-hmm. And he said that the line is your intention. What is your mm-hmm. intention behind it? If it's something you need to say out loud in that controlled environment and get it off your chest, then like, that can be okay. But if you're doing it to gossip and make yourself look better than someone else, then it's sure. not. But the same act with different intent. And this is obviously not true of every type of sin, but right. tension and the motivation means a lot. And I, I think I see that in this quote too. It's They are still washing feet and they are still giving medicine to the sick. Right. A thing behind it. Yeah, it's I I think it kind of goes back to the idea of being a cheerful giver. You know, are you what is what is your intent in doing this? Is your intent to love your brother and sister in Christ? Is your intent to serve Jesus in your actions? And so, you know, if we bring this back, Mother Teresa, I guess, is also famed for saying to find your own Calcutta. So if my Calcutta right now are the walls of my home, because that is where I'm able to serve right now then, you know, what is my feet washing? Well, my feet washing looks a lot like doing dishes. Um, It looks a lot like facilitating my children in doing chores, because I think it's important for for children to contribute to the household in that way. And am I I supervising those sorts of activities cheerfully and happily, knowing that, you know, I have a sacred duty to raise these children to know, love, and serve God? Am I, are my actions helping them do that? Or are my actions just, you know, slopping around dishwater and telling kids to go vacuum? Um, and so it comes down to, are you being a, che- a cheerful giver? And, and really it comes back to, are you serving within your, within your Christian vocation? We can do a lot of things, um, but that doesn't mean that everything we're doing is within, within our Christian vocation. Um, and, and that makes a, a big difference. Yes. And I think sometimes, I'm thinking more outside of this quarantine that we're living in. We can look around yeah. and say, she's doing that or that group does that. Um, or, you know, I should, I just saw an ad for some environmentally friendly plastic wrap and, and I should be doing that instead. Well, I had a friend who was, we were talking about this, I don't know, a year or two ago. And we were talking about specifically the environmentally friendly changes you can make in your home. Mm-hmm. And, she was in a really stressful work situation. She's like, you know what I've realized is right now, that's not the thing I'm supposed to be doing. Other mm-hmm. people do that. And there's going to be a time when that, for example, is something that I can focus my time on. And right now, it's not. 
Um, so I think that makes, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a, maybe a smaller thing than, than your full sure. vocation. But you can still look around and say, that person volunteers there. And that person gives that. And she does this. And we totally get sidetracked. And we're not even listening to what God is asking of us. Yeah. It, and, and are we considering it? So I don't know about you as a mom, but as, you know, as me as a mom, I get a school newsletter every week that names off 15 different things I could do to be involved in the school. And then I kind of feel the mom guilt creep up mm-hmm. because I don't have time to be involved in the 15 things. And I'm not interested in the 15 different things. Um, but if I, if I were to pursue all of those things, it would distract me from what I am being called to do. And I think, I think we have to remind ourselves that within, within our Christian vocation, we are called to, to serve God and to serve one another in, in very specific ways. And we're not called to do everything. And it is okay not to do everything. In fact, it's good not to do everything. You know, Paul is a great epistle writer. If Paul were also, you know, I don't, I don't know, like, you know, a teacher and a merchant and an attorney and a tax collector, would he have had time to write the epistles? No. Right. So it is okay not to do everything. What is good is to do exactly what God's calling you to do now. And that what God's calling you to do can change, you know, based on where you are in life, what your family situation looks like, where you're living, what your finances look like. And it's it's okay to keep in conversation with God to discern what, what it is you're called to do. Yeah, I think you're the, the you're totally right. The, the, the crux of that is the conversation with God. Because if mm-hmm. we're also unsure of what humility means I think this is kind of the flip side of it is that we I think women particular in our culture have some trouble sometimes identifying and uh, acknowledging the gifts that we have because we don't want to seem prideful or we don't want to seem like mm-hmm. uh, you know like we 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 don't recognize those things and if we don't recognize them and we don't honor them then we can't use them and if we don't cultivate them and we don't nurture them then they're right not going to be what God. So there's, there's that finding. You really have to find the thing that God is asking you to do. Absolutely. It is good to claim your giftedness. You know, it takes, it takes me to Romans, like we're many parts, but all, you know, many parts as the body has many parts. um, So too, we're all called to, to a a specific role within, within the body of Christ. And um, we have to claim that. And that is, it is a positive thing to say, you know, I, I enjoy writing. I, you know, I have a giftedness for it. I published a book about Catholic women's ministry. It's okay for me to claim that God has asked that of me and that I've, I've said, yes, I'm, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it well. It's, it's okay to do that. And, um, and it's not, it's not prideful to, to understand where your gifts are and to understand where, where God is calling you to serve with those gifts. And that's the key is, are you serving with those gifts? Are you being a cheerful giver with them? Right. Cause we would look at other person. We looked at the lady next to us and say, well, that's your talent. That's what you should be doing, but we need mm-hmm. to say that ourselves. I think Absolutely. Connor, right? Someone asked her, why do you write? And she said, because I'm good at it. Right. And she wasn't being prideful. Um, and, and that's why I don't craft. I'm terrible at crafting. I'm terrible. <laughs> there, yes, we all have those things. Um, gardening is one of mine. I am trying. Oh, I'm trying to keep the succulent alive. And I'm not, I'm not, not for 100% sure it's working. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
All right. Before we wrap up, I just I'm so fascinated by your book, Joyful Momentum, because I think I know in, in my parish, we had a woman's group for a while. It was a mom's group. Um, and we modeled it on another parish's very successful mom's group that had been going for decades. I don't know what it was decades. It was a long mm-hmm. time. It felt like decades. Um, and ours kind of started out strong, petered out, petered out a little bit. We had one event in July that involved wine, and the mama said, oh, we're very happy to come out tonight. Thank you. Um, and we had good Aww. conversation. Every time it was good conversation. Mm-hmm. And, good, um, you know, the speakers that we got, it was all interesting stuff, but the numbers petered out until it was just the organizers coming. And we said, mm-hmm. we're serving our group anymore. So we're so close to out of time. But how do you think this, this idea of finding your giftedness helps when you're trying to establish or, or reinvigorate a women's group? Sure. So um, if you, if you know how you are gifted um, and in my, in my book, I talk through um, charism. So spiritual, so the spiritual gifts we have, do you understand where your, where your spiritual gifts are um, and also what you enjoy doing? I think when you're starting, when you're starting a women's group or trying to reinvigorate a women's group, if you look at what the interests of your active participants are and, and play to those strengths at first, it gives you, um, kind of, kind of some magnetism, um, to gather around. So I think where, where we can make a mistake in trying to build a women's group is we try to offer a resource. Um, to a population that perhaps isn't isn't interested in the resource yet. So I can give you an example of, you know, on a, on a military installation, a lot of times the women's groups are military spouses. And a conversation that often happens amongst the military spouses is, how do we reach out to the active duty women? So we'll try to put on a program for active duty women at times where they could come, so usually in the evening. And so what you have is military spouses putting on a program for active duty military women, but the active duty military women aren't coming. Why? Well, um, because it's something that the military spouses are interested in doing, Mm -hmm. but it might not be what the active duty women want to do. And two, there's not ownership in it. So if you, if you want, if you want to start your women's ministry and, and have it and have it grow or revitalize it, I would encourage you to look at the giftedness of your group and the talents and interests of that small subset of people and start there, you know, start serving, start serving that group and then look for opportunities to invite and then look for opportunities to serve within the existing strengths of the parish. So if you have a small women's group, but you have um, a St. Vincent de Paul society that's very active, well, how could your small women's group, um, collaborate with St. Vincent de Paul Society to serve those in need versus trying to do your own outreach, which might not be where your strength right. is. Um, so so taking a collaborative approach, I think, is important as well. I love that. Yeah. And starting small is good. You know, Jesus started with calling yeah. a couple and that's good. Yeah. I think when we've had conversations or tried to start that or, you know, or, or a group at school or, you know, in, in various contexts, try to say, what does everyone want? Rather, because it feels weird to say, well, what do we want right now? This group that's yeah. gathered here, what do we want? Well, if we start there, I can total, I can, I can see it in my brain. I can see it. Then you get excited about it and you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're enjoying it and you're enthusiastic and that's contagious. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
why I wanted Joyful Momentum as the title, because if you're working within your gifts, um, if you're offering your charisms and you've really discerned where the Holy Spirit's calling you to serve and you're serving there, you're going to be joyful in it. And people are going to want to know what you're going, what you're, what you've got going on. And that's the joyful momentum that we'll build. That is beautiful. Um, and I think that's where we're going to have to end, but that's such a high point to end on. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Elizabeth. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Yeah, my pleasure, Lindsay. Anytime. Um, so friends, we'll have links to uh, where you can find Elizabeth online in the show notes and also a link to her fabulous book. As always, to suggest a quote or a guest, follow the show on Instagram, quote me underscore podcast, or contact me at my website, lindsayschlegel.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review wherever you find your shows, and tell a friend. Until next time, God bless you. Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Have you ever been put on the spot and asked to explain or defend Catholic teaching on sensitive topics such as abortion, same-sex marriage, or the Eucharist? What to Say and How to Say It is a straightforward and practical resource by Brandon Vogt, best-selling and award-winning author of Why I Am Catholic and You Should Be Too. He offers essential tools for articulating even the most contentious aspects of your Catholic faith with clarity and confidence. You can get a copy of this important new book at AveMariaPress.com. Use code TALKFAITH to get 25% off your copy today. Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch artisan coffee using top tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic-themed coffees, available at www.grimbeancoffee.com forward slash Redbox Media. Experience coffee like never before.